Stories are not meant to stay in the past. In many ways, they take on a life of their own, captivating the hearts and minds of generations, even after the original audience or even the author have long passed. They are told and retold, adapted and reimagined by each successive generation. This doesn't always happen without bumps along the way, but that's what a good story can do. The Lord of the Rings was originally written as a book for one generation and adapted as a series of films for another. Both were acclaimed masterpieces in their own right. And now, with the new Amazon series, The Rings of Power, the world of Middle-earth continues to capture the imaginations of a new audience. All of this came from the mind of one man, but countless others have, in some ways, carried on his work. In this episode, we're joined by Donnie and Robert, hosts of Mixtake, another podcast in the World Outspoken Network. Together, we ask, why is narrative and retelling old stories in a new way so important? What is more important, being faithful to the story or reinterpreting it for a contemporary audience? Or is that even a dichotomy that should even exist? All that and more on this edition of the podcast. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. Let's go. Or here you are, maybe I should say. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess you had a conversation with some of our friends. Yeah, I had a conversation with uh, Donnie and Robert, uh, co-hosts of Mixtake, which is another nice. podcast in the World Outspoken Network. They'll say a little bit more about that in the conversation. But, um, but yeah, we just talked about uh, essentially kind of how a narrative continues on beyond its own time and, um, and yeah, how we can continue to have narratives affect us, how we can adapt new narratives or retell old stories, those kinds of kinds nice. of uh, conversations. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, and yeah, maybe we should just jump in then. All right. All right. Welcome back to uh, Questions from the Pew. We're in season four, episode 16. Um, and with us today, we're kind of rounding off our discussion on uh, Lord of the Rings, um, and actually, Lucas is not with me uh, today on this conversation uh, part of it, uh, but with me, actually, are two friends of ours, um, Donnie and Robert. They co-host uh, another podcast in the World Outspoken Network that we're a part of. They'll tell you a little bit more about that um, in a little bit, but uh, Donnie and Robert, welcome to Questions from the Pew. Riker, thank you so much. We're so excited to be here and hang out and chat Lord of the Rings and Rings of Power and all all the rings. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe if you guys um, individually can, maybe can you tell me, tell us, our audience, a little bit about yourselves and I guess how, I don't know, if you're fans of Lord of the Rings. 
Oh my goodness, Rob, you go first. Yeah, I'm Robert Rivera, and I am a lifelong uh, Chicagoan here, uh, and I work at the Moody Bible Institute. Hey. And yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm just kind of throwing out facts about myself. Um, <laughs> another fact, fun fact. I lo I love the Lord of the Rings. Uh, just real quick. I was introduced to the Lord of the Rings through the Jackson films. And after I saw the first movie, went, got the books, read them, fell in love with them. And then um, years later, found people in my tribe who also loved the Lord of the Rings. We picked up the Silmarillion and began reading it together um, like a Bible study. <laughs> and uh, after that, just started to so investigate epic. and dig deeper. Yes, in, in token lore. Nice. So you are thoroughly, fully fledged Lord of the Rings, king of fandom. Problem is, I have to I have to keep the book very close to me because there are a lot of names and places that That's I fair. forget. Yeah. yeah, I've not made it through all of the Silmarillion. Maybe it's a testament to my attention span. <laughs> do you, so, Rob, small do you, doses. Do you bookmark? like names and then like you find the bookmark and then you go to the name or how do you, how do you find like what you're looking well, for? Well, no, there's an index in the back, but you know, I, I, I hate to admit this, but I, I've written in the, in the, uh, Oh, the margins in the margins. Thank you. Oh, of I've course. In the margins, like it's a study Bible. <laughs> every, every book of mine is literally written in the margins. Okay. I think I was in high school, probably like junior, senior year. And my English teacher taught us to always read with a pen in our hands. Mm. And it ruined me for life because now I can only read with a pen in my hand. If I don't have a pen, I just feel like I, I can't get through te the text. That's fair. Okay. Well, my name is Dani Alicea. I'm also from Chicago, born and raised, a huge sports fan. So now it being in the fall, the Bulls just, uh, you know, started their season yesterday. Um, it's the end of MLB, so watching the playoffs is a lot of fun um let's see what else also co-host of mixed take like Rikert mentioned um so rob and i just started our third season which launches soon uh let's see what else about me um i love lord of the rings i'm a huge huge fan i think the story the uh casting i you know i started just like rob with the films and then picked up Lord of the Rings, um, the books, and I absolutely love them. I haven't ventured into the Summerlin either. I don't know that I will. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of cool. <laughs> Sus. Um, I, it sounds very cool, but I, maybe like with a group, it would be a little bit more fun. I don't know. I've heard it's very dry. Yeah, you, you do. You need a community. I, I'll, I'll admit that. It definitely I mean, reads more like a history book, even more so than like the Lord of the Rings itself does. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like 100%. It, is it kind of like Leviticus numbers, you know, like so and so? No, it's more, son of, it's so more like so. Kings. Yeah. Like the Book of Kings or something like that. Oh, well, that's actually, I mean, that's got like fighting and yeah. story. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, trust. Oh, yeah. It's filled with, yes, this is, this is when Tolkien, he gets real. Okay, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> I, so yeah, yeah. So I, I would absolutely say I, I'm a big fan. Um, I love the lore, and I'm so excited for the Rings of Power. I've loved every episode so far. Just excited for more. Nice, nice. Well, 
maybe before we jump into like the questions, the actual questions mm-hmm. that I said we were talking about, um, we kind of talk. You kind of already mentioned like the kind of the things, like whether you're a fan of Lord of the Rings or not. But um, so it's, I think for all three of us, it sounds like all the our first foray into Lord of the Rings was through Peter Jackson's films and then the books. Uh, I know that's how mm-hmm. it was uh, for me. But I guess in in general, whether it's films or the the books themselves, what are I guess things that you love most about the Lord of the Rings as a story? Or maybe I guess if you want to focus in on either the book or the or the film because that's something that Lucas and I have been talking about, you know, as we've yeah. progressed through the episodes. But I'd love to hear from you guys about what really sticks out to you about what makes the Lord of the Rings such a good story. Oof. I mean, I can just talk maybe, um, uh, you know, the, the higher, like the bigger arching things that I really enjoy. Um, one, I love, you know, any good story, there's kind of different uh, avenues, different things that are going on. So I love that there's um, some like, there's love in the story. There's, you know, this beautiful love relationship with um, Aragorn and, um, oh my goodness, who, Liv Taylor, she plays the Arwen. Elf. Thank you. Uh, between Aragorn and Arwen. Um, and then there's this really beautiful friendship between Samwise Gamgee and uh, Frodo Baggins. Um, and then there's, you know, this uh, inner turmoil with Aragorn. Is he going to fall prey to, you know, what his ancestors did and how they failed in destroying the ring? And, is it okay, record, if we're giving spoilers? I mean, in this it's episode? like, first off, the films have been around for twenty plus years. Yeah, <laughs> and then the I'm books like even decades. more. So I think we're safe. Yeah, okay, I think we are too. Okay, cool. Um, Ring, so... Rings of Power uh, uh, spoilers might not be welcome. Yeah, that's true. We'll keep away from Rings of Power spoilers when we get to the that part of the discussion. Okay, awesome. So I would say for me, I just love that there's so much going on and then you get all of the action and the battle scenes. So, you know, there's like, there's hard stuff, there's thriller stuff, there's adventure, there's excitement. Every good element to any great story is found in all three, really, of the films. So yeah, I love it. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's the struggle. It's the cost of of doing the right thing. So Frodo goes on this journey and he recognizes this is, this might cost him his life along the way. Um, he almost loses himself. His, his friend, Sam realizes that he's also, there's a, there's a high cost in, in the sense of not just his life, but his friend's life and, and protecting him from Smeagol. Uh, you have kind of this, this tension in, in different areas uh there's a lot to lose for for Aragorn um there is a lot to lose in in middle in middle earth um and so you see people who are heroes yet struggling with what to do uh i think of Boromir and um and i love that the Jackson films kind of go into his past a little bit. If you watch the extended versions, you mm-hmm. see it a little bit more with, with his father, Denethor and his brother, Faramir and some of those complexities. Um, so I, I think I just love the, com- the complexity of the characters 
-hmm. Even Frodo, we love him. He made some very poor choices because the ring was was kind of consuming him. So I think, yeah, that the the struggle and the sacrifice that it that it took to destroy the ring mm. uh, is is what really draws me to that. So every time I watch it, it's kind of like I'm reengaging and I'm at the end of my seat and thinking, what would I do in this situation? Mm. Mm. I'm, so I'm rewatching. Let me also say this: I'm I'm rewatching them now with my 11 year old. Oh, he, nice. he asked me to, he saw a little bit of the Rings of Power and said, can we, can we watch the Lord of the Rings? So we watched the Fellowship of the Ring and he, he had seen these, I think when he was younger and he didn't remember. Mm -hmm. So it's fun to watch him kind of reacting for the first time and kind of soaking it in and drinking in the world of Tolkien. Does he have a lot of questions as you guys are watching? He has some questions, but I answer the questions that I think he would have asked. Oh, see, okay. I just, I just vomit token and, and token lore on, on him. It's so helpful. I'm not gonna, you know, anytime I watch like, uh, you know, any, uh, like superhero related, if there's comics and I'm watching with someone who has like read all the comics and they're like, oh yeah, that's because this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. So I'm a big fan of anybody who has like the lore of a story and can share that knowledge. So good call. Riker, Riker, how about you? What are, you know, I'm sure you may have in past episodes discussed some of the things that you enjoy, but for from your point, what are what are the things that really stand out from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I mean, I'd second pretty much everything you both have already said. And yeah, I've talked a little bit about kind of what I love in, in previous episodes, but one thing I, I don't think I've mentioned um, in previous episodes is... Um, is just how, I guess, multifaceted the characters are. Like, mm -hmm. there's no... Like, the characters are so different from each other. And you mentioned this a little bit, Rob, right? Like, Frodo, there's a there's a real struggle with the ring. Or Donnie, you are talking about how, like, Aragorn struggles with the, the weight of his ancestors on his shoulders, that sort of thing. And even beyond, like, the complexities of the characters themselves, I think Tolkien... And Jackson later on in his film trilogies, they were able to capture characters that were both people you could uh, you could aspire to be, or mm -hmm. to uh, people you wanted to avoid being like, um, yeah. as well as people who are really relatable. Like you can see yourself in that character. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, and they're not even all the same. Like those three categories that I mentioned um, can be completely different characters for one person, right? So for for me, right, like Aragorn is Aragorn is someone that I and I think a lot of people aspire to be like, you know, willing to to sacrifice for the greater good, um, willing to come to terms with the sins of uh, of his forefathers, but not letting them. Um, you know, essentially not letting them define him and how he right. um, answers the call um, and faces that that temptation. Um, but then, like for me, again, that's a character I aspire to be like. But 
in terms of relatability, man, I've always, I, maybe I shouldn't say always have found it, but like I'm realizing more and more how much I relate to the character of Eowyn and her struggle of living a life that's worthwhile and is and is not meaningless. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, um, I think it tells you, it, like though, like when a character or when an author rather is able to create characters or a world or a narrative that you know you can find yourself in those different characters. I think that it, I don't know. It speaks to just the the thoughtfulness behind the creation of that work. Yeah, one hundred percent. Man, Arwen, she's oh, I always forget about her. Eowyn, you mean? Sorry, Eowyn. <laughs> oh man, I always forget about her. <laughs> <laughs> which is that? Which is very ironic, right? Because <laughs> she doesn't want to be forgotten. <laughs> oh my right. god, so I am no man. <laughs> <laughs> then who are you, girl? You're a woman. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 such a man. That's that's actually really beautiful because we see that like that wanting to live a life of meaning in so many different characters. Mm-hmm. Like Mary, um, you know, when he pledges his his loyalty or his life to uh, um, uh, Bor- Boromir's dad, you know, he's like, ah, you know, I give my life in in service of. You know, oh, Pippin! When yeah, yes, Pippin. Oh, it's Pippin! Oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> Pippin, the one with the Pippin's the one with the lovely singing voice. <laughs> so Pippin, he also struggles to find uh, to live a life of meaning, mm-hmm. and you know, like his sacrifice to hey Boromir's dad. I'm gonna, you know, he gave his life for me, so I'm gonna give my life to you. Mm-hmm. At least trying to like na- navigate our way through right. meaning. Man, yeah. that's that's such a great point. Yeah, yeah. I think all of Gondor is very interesting. They've lived without a king for so long. Um, the way it's portrayed in the film, at least, uh, the stewards feel like they've got this. We right. don't need a king. Where's the where Where's the king been this entire time? Well, we've protected the world from from uh, from Mordor, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I, I. And then the pressure that he puts on his on his children, although he's, he is cold blooded toward Faramir. Yeah, that makes me cringe yeah. every time I watch the the films. Same, it's like, man, same. that's rough. Yeah, especially a son who's trying to be so loyal and so faithful. That is, is man, I, very hurtful. Yeah. Well, we could probably keep talking about what we love. I, th- I don't think, I think, uh, you know, in terms of like what we love about Lord of the Rings, it's probably a bottomless well. <laughs> it <laughs> um, is. True. It is. Very true. But, uh, but we are not here to talk specifically just about Lord of the Rings, but kind of you know, narratives more broadly and how they extend past themselves. So maybe we can dive into uh, the first question here. A question from the pew. Question one, why is narrative and retelling old stories in a new way so important. Rob, you want to take yeah. a stab at this one? Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking about this, and it is true that there are certain themes that transcend time. So whether, hmm. if we just take movies, for instance, whether we're watching Star Wars, The Lord of the Rings, um, 
Harry Potter, whatever. You you see this theme of the the hero with the odds stacked against him fighting against against evil that is threatening uh, to take over. And in those movies, it's a grand, this is a grand scale, right? The the whole world or universe is at stake, but it doesn't have to be that big. But so I think that a lot of these as we read stories, we start to see common themes of redemption, of sacrifice, mm-hmm. of of pain, of loss, of grief. I've watched so many shows as of late that have dealt with grief. And it reminds me that, that grief is something that every generation deals with. So mm-hmm. these stories, I think, are, are told in such a way um, that are well done and captivating instead of re you know re recreating the wheel reinventing the wheel and there's something to be said as well um about like like there are different generations and different generations have different issues right so yeah definitely so it's like i think there's a an importance to um keeping like keeping in mind the themes that that like what you said Rob that are timeless um but being aware of the fact that um that progress happens through history and so uh you know generation you know generation x is not going to think in the same way as generation right. yes. q you know um, mm-hmm. you know prior to them um, and so there's something in terms of the retelling of the story. I think the 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 core ideas of an old story um, can mm. can stay the same, but it's really important for I think a good story to outlive itself, like outlive its mm. original, you know, yeah, context of release. No, I I hear you and. It was quite fascinating that the Lord of the Rings kind of came out of nowhere. I felt like in two thousand and one, it's it it was like I said, it's a property I was not really familiar with, and here it is. It's back on the screen, and it captivated audiences. Even though I don't really think the fantasy or yeah, fantasy genre was as popular as it is now, mm. and again because it's touching on those on those specific themes um i I know you mentioned before in in other podcasts that you read or you try to read the lord of the rings every year for me that's narnia i try Uh, to read narnia as much as i can and i find that although the speech seems a little older and even the style of writing seems a little older the, the 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 themes the concepts are to me timeless and encouraging and mm-hmm. I, and and so yeah i i see i see the value of of remaking it retelling the story bringing it back so that those stories don't don't get lost yeah yeah narnia is one of i, I also try to read like the narnia series every year they're a lot easier to yeah. do that because they're shorter they are <laughs> 
I think I think reading the entire Narnia series is like reading maybe one of the Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about accurate. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll chime in here and say um, I think the importance of the retelling of the story is I, I don't know if you y'all have heard the phrase any good story is a reflection of the greatest story. Hmm. So yeah. you know really. Any story that that we, um, as humans, I think you know, cling to, and will be reflective of the of the greatest story of Jesus, right? Like, you know, the Bible says. Oh, apologies if you hear my fur, baby. Um, but you know, if if all the books in all the worlds, you know, contain stories of Jesus, like it, there would still be more stories to tell. Mm-hmm. So if all the movies in all the world, you know, re- reflected in some way um, back to the story of the cross, like every movie, there's still more movies that could be made. So I think, um, I think, you know, the retelling is, is hugely important. Language changes, people change, contextualizing stories change. And like I said, we want these stories to live on and for, um, you know, other people to enjoy them in different ways and in new ways and and ways that make sense to to them yeah i find i've always found it so fascinating that a this is kind of deviating from lord of the rings but still in the works of you know great literature but like the works of shakespeare can be adapted time and time and time again and they still hold up like I think, yeah. what was the one that was most recently adapted to film? I think it was Macbeth. Um, I think Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it was a few years ago. But Possibly, yeah. Like, yep. I've seen a couple of versions of Macbeth. And, you know, obviously the 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 lines, the, the, the dialogue itself doesn't change because they stick to what Shakespeare himself wrote. But in terms of, you know, obviously like stage direction and then you know the photography that goes into these these film adaptions or adaptations they're so different from each other and i find that really fascinating that one that the same story can be told in so many different ways by so many different um by so many different actors um and they 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 vary slightly um with each retelling definitely yeah, yeah even like romeo and juliet Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, some that are just contextualized, but you keep the language, uh, like the version with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. But then there's some like the West Side Story, which keeps kind of the mm-hmm. spirit of the story, but changes everything, language and, you know, people and that kind of thing. So I think there's there's space and room for both, just because the the creativity of people lends itself to the opportunity of, um, you know, telling it in a way that makes sense mm-hmm. for your audience, for your era, your language even. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. Actually, I think, Donnie, that's a good segue into question two, but I don't want to move too quickly. I don't know if, if you or, or um, Robert had anything else to add to, to that first question before moving on to that second question. The only thing that I'll add is this is why I don't get mad at remakes. Mm. When, when a story is being remade, it lets me know that this is something that, that connects with people. And a new director and writers will 
they will bring a new vision while still trying to capture the spirit of what of what was meaningful about about that particular property or film and i don't mean to dumb this down i think you started with shakespeare but i think of batman hmm. and batman and shakespeare are are they on two the side, they're are two they the sides same? of the same coin <laughs> yeah it's just the dark the dark <laughs> side of the coin okay so um but there's some themes that i think batman is is actually pretty profound but anyway yeah of course um, yeah, yeah Batman, Batman Begins. Oh, exactly. Okay, side question. Sorry, go ahead. Go yeah, on. yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask no, what your favorite Batman film or Batman Batman generation uh, Oh, is. that's a hard one. I'm no, a, I'm generation a Nolan is fan. So, oh, oh, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. And Christian Bale. I I have loved, this is going to be a cop-out. I'm going oh. to cop-out right now. Oh, I. No. I love what every Batman brings to the table. So I'm, I really struggle. I, I, I actually, <laughs> oh, I'm no, not going to lie. No, I really dude. like the 1960s Batman as well. Oh, I, still... I mean, Is that that's... Adam West? Yes. That's, yes. I mean, there's yes. nostalgia that goes along with that one. That's just classic. We grew up, you know, I with watched the it on me TV as a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's just nostalgia. But we're talking you know, story and casting and action and costume design and staging and yeah, all of that. Yeah. What, which one do you pick? Um, well, I would, if I'm just going to go with a, a movie, I think Batman Begins is my, is yeah. my favorite of them all. Um, and of course, and Dark Knight, of course, it's yeah. so hard. I really love the Batman. I love, I love Batman. Um, Tim Burton's Batman. Ugh, it's hard. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I didn't mean I, to derail you. Yeah. Your, yeah. yeah, you took this, <laughs> this discussion. It's like, who's the best well. Joker? I don't know. I don't know who the best Joker is. Lego Joker? Joker? <laughs> Lego Batman. There you go. That's my answer. Lego Batman. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, thanks for listening to this crossover episode of Questions from the Pew with Mixed Take. Due to time, we're going to split this conversation into two parts. Uh, so you can hear Reichert and the Mixed Take hosts finish their conversation next week. Thanks for listening and joining in on the conversation with us. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. And if you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that helps others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds or so and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd like to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way uh, and without giving away your information. Same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.